Hello, you're listening to No Such Word as Can't with me, Hazel McBride. I was always told growing up that there was no such word as can't, and I genuinely believe that that mentality instilled a belief in me that anything was possible if I just set my mind to it. As someone who started off with a seemingly impossible dream and somehow made it my reality, I want to help more people achieve their goals by giving them actionable advice as well as sharing stories from others who have done the same. Today I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming Wade Brennan to the podcast, photographer of all things sport. I am so excited to talk to him today. Welcome to the podcast, Wade. Hello, thank you for having me. Nice to be here. Yeah, so for our listeners who maybe don't know who you are, can you give a little introduction of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Wade. Um, I started off photography, it'd be about six years ago now, five years ago. Uh, I've been probably like a lot of people shooting with a phone uh, years ago. Oh, so if you want to go right back, uh, I'm actually a swimming coach. And so that's how I originally got into that side of things. So back when I was coaching our high performance squad um, or as the assistant, I used to always have the GoPro with me and just doing some fun stuff with the GoPro. And probably like a lot of people just got into photography that way. Um, it kind of expanded a little bit, but uh, when was it? My dad and I went to Africa and he bought just a simple camera, but got some cool shots with it and really enjoyed it. But looking back, I had a look at the photos probably about two weeks ago and yeah, the experience was unbelievable, but I really wish I had obviously all the gear I've got now, but it was phenomenal. And so just slowly, just played and obviously in the surf because i'm here in brisbane uh so we've got the gold coast south and uh, sunny coast to the north um so it's always easy just take the gopro out go for a swim and just enjoy the surf um slowly just built on that and then probably about five years ago um still coaching at the time uh i took a photo with my iphone and just did a quick edit and it got shared on the Brisbane city council. So here in Brisbane, uh, the city council like magazine, they messaged me and said, Hey, um, cool photo. Um, the people in the Brisbane city council area, we try and take two or three of their photos uh, each month and put it in the monthly, I guess, newsletter that goes around. Um, and my girlfriend at the time, fiance now um, just said to me, Hey, that's pretty cool. Have you ever thought of getting into photography? I was like, no, not really, just dabbling here and there, a little bit of fun uh, and just kind of, yeah, just lit the fire a little bit and recommended that I look into it a bit more. And so got my first camera, yeah, about five years ago now uh, and then just slowly did some landscape shots and went to the beach and got some sunrise and probably like a lot of people do when they first get into photography, just shoot everything, just have a little mm. bit of fun with it and just play. Um, then I was over at Yoronga and so I was doing all, um, well, that's one of our pools. We've got two pools here in Brisbane and I was over at Yoronga back where I used to coach and I was doing some, at that stage for anyone who's into photography, I only had a 16 to 35 mil zoom. And so I was getting some pool shots and some landscape and just stuff that I was seeing when, um, the coaching sessions just before they started at 5am. So some nice sunrises after coaching, um, but then I was talking to one of the coaches over at Yoronga and kind of slipped back into the high performance um, or not me, but with them and noticed that there could be like, I guess a bit of an opening with just taking photos of them. So I got a 70 to 200 lens, just your standard 
sports lens. Uh, and then just started just doing some dive shots, just stuff while they were in the middle of training and just trying to get the, the feel of what I used to see every day on pool deck with those kind of high performance athletes, those mm. state and national level athletes. Um, then from there, it kind of just grew a little bit. I started my Instagram page and if you go all the way back, it's just landscape and pool shots and mm. a bit all over the place. And then I started kind of connecting more with the people side of it, uh, which I still absolutely love and just grew from there. And there's a mate of mine, James, over in Perth, and we always chat. He was an open water swimmer. And there's a guy, Mike Lewis, in the States. And Mike does all this absolutely unreal underwater photography of swimming. And so he'd probably be the guru. He's the man that if you want to follow anyone, jump on his page. Unbelievable. And so I just got into photography and then Jimmy sends me a message on Instagram just going, hey, um, I think you should have a go at underwater. I think you could do what Mike does. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a bit of his stuff and it's phenomenal. Um, so bought an underwater housing and the camera fits inside and just kind of went from there. So instead of being just out of water, then went to underwater. Um, and it's good because no matter what I put on Instagram, Jimmy will text me and just go, yeah, yeah, it's cool, but Mike's is still better. And so it's just <laughs> Keeping that, you humble. Absolutely. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's just that little fire each time that I just go yeah yeah true and I look at Mike's <laughs> stuff and I go yep I've still got work to do um, and so now I work with Speedo, TYR, um, just different brands around kind of Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunny Coast uh, and then just get to jump in with different performance squads kind of that state and national level um, just people I or the coaches now that and some of the athletes that I used to know from those days and yeah, it's phenomenal. I absolutely love it. It's kind of, I guess, the hub of swimming yeah. in almost the world. Just Queensland, if anyone knows Southeast Queensland, it's you've got the Gold Coast, Sunny Coast and Brisbane right in the middle and it's perfect. Well, we used to talk about it, um, you know, huddled at 5am in the winter of Scotland. You know, we would talk about, oh, those Australians that get to just rock up in flip-flops and walk out in a towel, like, oh, they're living the dream. Um, yep absolutely <laughs> it's quite an amazing um, progression that you have had were you a swimmer yourself yeah I was yeah so back kind of uh well like most people in Queensland you learn to swim almost straight away um from water safety point of view so I learned to swim um probably primary school age then through to high school never took it too seriously though it wasn't really it was always the background sport for the rugby or kayaking <laughs> or just anything else. And so I was always, and if, even at school, I was always the kid that was never paying attention or just off wanting to be anywhere else, but where I was. And so swimming, like I made some state times and that was cool. And I look back and really enjoyed the trips that we went on because I was living at the Sunshine Coast then. Um, and then with the Yoronga team back when I was swimming years ago with them, um, but yeah, it just, it was never a passion for me. It was always just, oh, cool swimming. And mm. that's just what I did. But then I left high school and it probably would have been straight after that. I came down uh, to Brisbane and I was living just on the South side here. And my auntie who has the leases from the council with the two pools. Uh, and she offered me a job just doing a bit of maintenance and, at that stage asked if I wanted to do some kind of junior level coaching, like mm. the really little six-year-old kids and some 
learn to swim stuff. And yeah, it was beautiful. It was awesome working with the little kids and it, it's just a good foundation because then you can see the progression all the way through to the high performance and you're working on the catch and just the simple little things with them that are so important as they get older. And it was great. I absolutely loved it. And then did a bit of maintenance and did that for a few years. And then the opening came with uh, our head coach there at the time, his assistant left. And yeah, it just happened that right place, right time, jump in as an assistant coach. And I did that for probably about seven years, I think. And it was fantastic. Yeah, really enjoyed it. But the coaching side of it, it was night and day compared to the swimming for me. Mm. Being able to write sets and see the athletes just progress. It was mm -hmm. phenomenal rather than me as an athlete. Yeah. A big change for me being able to coach rather than swim myself. I think it's really nice to, you know, talk to people who have different types of careers in sport, because especially for young people and young athletes, when you start out, you're always taught about, you know, the longevity of your sport and how, especially swimmers, you know, you age out of the sport so quickly. And, you know, mm. it is a big fear for a lot of people of, oh, if I put, you know, everything that I have of myself into the sport when I'm young to achieve what I want to achieve, what am I kind of going to do with the rest of my life? So I think it's really nice to talk to people who, you know, have moved on from the sport itself and still kind of stayed in that world that they're passionate about, but just found their own kind of niche within it. So, mm. um, you know, you were a coach for a long time. You loved that. At what point when you were kind of dabbling in photography, did you decide, hmm, I'm, I'm going to focus more on the photography side? Was it difficult for you to kind of break away from coaching? Uh, so I'm actually wrestling with that at the moment a little mm. bit. I'm still a master's coach. So I still have a, I was about to say nine to five. It is absolutely not nine to five. It's <laughs> four, till, yeah. four till 11, 12 o'clock in the morning. And so I coach a master's squad here on the south side of Brisbane and absolutely love it. I uh, still do a little bit of maintenance and management type stuff at the pool. But yeah, the photography has definitely taken over. So I've stepped back to permanent part-time in that role. But yeah, still coach, absolutely love it. Like we had a set of 50s this morning and it, like, I'm watching myself in the Zoom camera now and it brings a smile to my face. Yeah, you're grinning. <laughs> yeah, it's the absolute passion. Just seeing like, especially from the master's point of view that like you've got family issues, you've got anything else in the world could stop you from turning up, but mm. they keep coming. Like turn up, mm -hmm. have their swim and some days, and you'd remember what it's like. And even if you're still swimming, you, you turn up and- the water some days just feels like concrete you absolutely mm. feel like rubbish but then that's my job as the coach obviously just to go yep cool let's do what we can and yeah it, it was a nice pivot being able to do the masters rather than the high performance because mm. it's more not that the high performance isn't level because you're definitely on the same level and working towards a goal but it's nice just to catch up with people afterwards and have a coffee or the christmas party and have too many beers it's fantastic yeah. yeah so still but then that yeah I'm even thinking about it now that still gives me the time so I finish about 11 12 o'clock and then I've got however long I need for different photo shoots and mm. and most of the photography I do is kind of that way inclined I'm quite easy to except if I'm doing a big commercial shoot where I'll need a week off but then I can just take that off from work and then I go and do my other mm -hmm. job yeah so it's I am lucky from that point of view yeah and when you 
you know, started dabbling in photography, you spoke about, you know, the first lenses that you bought and were just kind of going based on what I assume what you'd Googled, you know, there's so much information mm. out there now, we're so lucky. Did you just kind of take it step by step and, you know, you would shoot photos and, and learn by yourself or did you take any courses specifically? No, no. So lucky and unlucky. I, I got the 1635 and for anyone who listening into photography at all, a Sony a7 III and still have it, still use it underwater. Fantastic camera, not endorsed by Sony in any way, but if they're listening and they're open to it, absolutely. Contact um, and Yes, yes, please. Um, and it's it's been a fantastic setup. Uh, and then got the 70 to 200, just exactly like you said, a little bit of Googling, talking to uh, just people that I'd known through the coaching world. So there was um, one of the dads who used to always take photos at Yoronga and had a great setup, fantastic sports setup. And he actually is one of the, so one of the, oh, what do you call it? I guess super rugby photographers. So there's a mm. tournament here. So South Africa, New Zealand, and he does that for one of the Australian teams, the, the Reds. Um, and yeah, he was, he's been the wealth of knowledge, just being able to learn from him and, then the other thing, and it, it was hard at the time, but I look back and it was the greatest four months was COVID. So everything in Brisbane just kind of ground to a halt, all the pools mm. closed, everything except for the essential was at work. And so being a swim coach, you're not essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gave me four months just to sit on YouTube and learn everything I could. So no courses, it's just, and other people learn differently, but I just found it, awesome my fiance would go to work and I would just sit on the couch and learn as much as I could and then mm-hmm. I I was lucky at that stage I was actually living at the pool so we had a fair bit of room and my job was caretaker slash coach so mm. wasn't actually paid as such at that time but we were still living on site and mm. so I'd just wander around the pool make sure everything was okay and then take photos of birds take photos of whatever it was the moon I remember there was a few nights where it was a full moon and that was just what I did each night. I just went and tried to just learn what I'd learned that day and then use it. And yeah, looking back, it was a tough four months, obviously for everyone, but it was just a really good chance to just go back to basics and just learn as much as I could. It was fantastic. Yeah. 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 And so almost kind of make you there. take that push as well, you know, to say, oh, okay, absolutely. I have this time now. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone's listening, they want to just expand or get into a different hobby youtube it's there's so much it's a wealth of knowledge i think it's a great leveler as well you know i'm a big advocate for you know this this podcast is called no such word as can't you know if you want to make something happen you can and i think it's really important to share you know for people who maybe aren't super privileged or don't have a lot of resources you know youtube is free you know even if you don't have a computer go to a local library get on the internet, YouTube, Google, you know, you, there are ways to, you know, make these things happen. So I love that Mm. you were, you know, playing around with different types of photography. You know, I think this is something with a lot of creators, you know, we've spoken to artists and stuff on this podcast as well, who thought, you know, they were going to go into one style of art and then they kind of gravitated towards something completely different. I feel like photography is a little bit like that too. And I love your advice of just go out and shoot something. If anyone's interested in photography, just go and take pictures of everything and you'll find, you know, either Mm. what you're meant to take photos of or what you love or, you know, a combination of both. So, you know, 
living in Brisbane, I've been, it's an incredible, beautiful place. Um, what do you enjoy taking photos of that's not swimmers in particular? Mm. Uh, so the pools, the master's groups that we have at both the complexes that I work at, we've started doing a swim tour. And so I'm not sure if you know Lady Elliot Island. There's an island off the coast of Queensland, probably an hour and a half on a little plane from Brisbane, uh, kind of northeast-ish. Uh, and it's the very tip of the Great Barrier Reef. And it's fantastic. And the one thing that I've absolutely gotten into going there is it's just far enough off the coast where there's no light pollution. And mm. you can see the milk, you can see the gas in the Milky Way. I remember I got up one night to try and work out how I'd get into and i and kind of during COVID as well, I dabbled with a little bit of astro, but being in the middle of Brisbane, you you, you get a little bit, but mm. it was just trying to learn and then work out what I could. But then going on this swim tour and being the photographer for it and water safety, it was fantastic. Just seeing Oh, just the stars it was magic it really kind of lit a fire from that point of view that there's just so much more and you've mm. got to know your settings you can just play around and then it's a lot easier obviously if you go during the day you can see what you're shooting and then at night you go back and there's apps these days it's fantastic where you can line up the milky way and you go all right cool i know at this time it's going to be roughly there and mm -hmm. off you go it's it's been very cool just trying to get different kinds of shots and yeah, I'd love to do a little bit more of it, actually. So how do you approach, you know, I know a lot of photographers have a different kind of way of deciding what they're going to shoot, you know, going back to talking about the athletes and about sport photography. How do you, do you picture it in your head before you take the shot? Or are you so much in the moment? Because obviously you don't know exactly what's going to happen in a race or who's going to podium, etc. How How are you kind of planning out your day when you're, for instance, taking photos at a competition? Yep. Yeah, uh, so probably going back a tiny bit underwater. I, I just I know what the lens will look like underwater, and I'll just see it in my mind. There was a shot, and it'll be going up on Instagram. I'm not sure when the podcast will go up, but there's a I got to catch up with a synchronized swimmer yesterday, and it was fantastic being able to work with her. And the swimmers are great underwater, but as soon as <laughs> like you never put your head towards the bottom mm, it's just mm -hmm. unless there's a split second in the tumble turn but I've got this shot of her and the surface of the pool is the ground and so I've mm. inverted the image and it's an image I've had in my mind for so long and it was just nice to be able to work through that with her and like, she was phenomenal doing splits and just all this stuff that I'd never seen before it was fantastic so underwater when I'm doing either commercial work or just fun for athletes and different people around Brisbane, any of the um, athletes that message me, there'll be shots I have in mind or something that they've seen on Instagram. And they're like, yeah, cool. Well, you've done this before, but let's tweak it slightly. Mm. So there's different lenses I can use underwater. And yeah, a lot of the underwater I see beforehand, but then like we were talking about Ross Murdoch before. Uh, <laughs> I remember I think he got third in the breaststroke yep. at Com Games. And so that was my first Com Games. And his reaction was unbelievable. <laughs> like it was phenomenal. And so in an instance like that, it's just getting what you can. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's unfolding in front of you. And I've got a great shot of him. He's hopping out on the far side of the pool. Uh, and there's all these people just standing right in front of him, all the volunteers and 
he's hugging them and they're just loving it. It's just the reaction. Yeah. So you're just trying to get that that quick reaction, getting what you can. Uh, and then I remember- I mean, that, that moment was like so incredible for anyone who's, you know, listened to Ross's episode. I, I recorded with him way back in February, um, end of January, beginning of February. And at that point, he wasn't even sure that he was going to trial for the commies. He, he was considering retiring from the sport. You know, so for yeah. him then to to go to the commies to medal, it, I can't even imagine. Phenomenal, and you could just see it. You could absolutely see it in his reaction, and then the medal ceremony, and the rest of the comp. There was one, I think it was Duncan Scott won something, and then the Scottish national anthem came on, mm. and it just went nuts it was <laughs> i'm still getting goosebumps mm-hmm. they were just singing their hearts out and it was fantastic mm-hmm. it was just the best atmosphere but from that point of view just being on pool deck and you're just trying to capture what you can and I've done a few triathlons things like that and there's some shots obviously the pool's quite static so you can't really especially an international comp like that you can't really move around too much mm, but awesome. there's yeah um state titles queensland states is and for anyone who knows swimming is some of the biggest names in the world. You've got Ariane Sitmus, Zach Stubbley Cook. A, mm. a lot of the big names are at just a state title and swimming fast, swimming well. But I've got unlimited access and it's fantastic. So rather than being 25 meters away with a long lens sitting on the side, I can walk up with my 1635 and get a shot of Zach or anyone like that diving into the water. And mm-hmm. as long as you don't impede the race at all or get in the referee's way and no one really cares and it's phenomenal. You get some little interactions here and there and yeah, same kind of thing though, just still looking for shots and you can plan out some certain things as well, even from that point of view, but a lot of it's just reacting to what you see and just trying to capture moments. So when you were you know, getting really into your photography, I know a lot of my listeners will be interested from a business perspective, you know, because there's always that bit where it goes from hobby to career kind of thing. So how did you end up getting in touch with either brands or, you know, photographing for um, competitions, etc? How did you end up making that jump from I do this as a hobby to I get paid to do this? Yeah, um, so I think the big one for me, and I still hear so many photographers say it, is never work for free. Don't work for free. Don't put yourself out there and people will use you. But I'm a big believer in absolutely put yourself out there. And because how else are you going to get your resume, quote unquote, like your back catalogue of photos together if you're not, no one's going to pay you, or I shouldn't say no one, but no one's going to pay you if they haven't seen your work. So put yourself out there. It doesn't have to be swimming. It could be soccer or whatever you're photographing. Just find probably the grassroots. I'd start low and because obviously you're not going to get in at the Olympic level. But if you start low, just slowly work and you can make connections, like actual connections rather than anything else like that. And just get to know people, work on your photography, get a catalogue of shots together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was quite lucky from the point of view that um, so Chelsea Gubecker and Zach Stubby Cook, I'd done a b- bit of work with both of them, um, just personally, photography wise, and they're both sponsored by Speedo. And so that was a big kind of shift for me was when they were like, hey, we've seen your underwater stuff. It's really cool. We'd like to use you for some other stuff. And it's been really nice that certain brands will pick me up and just go, hey, 
we like what you're doing, either come and join us on a bigger shoot or here's some product. We'd like you to shoot it with one of our athletes. And it's nice that people have seen my work now, mainly from the athletes, because it's always that unknown of who's the photographer, what is going on with all of this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, social media from that point of view is amazing because it breaks that barrier straight away. People look and go, oh, perfect. Um, I know what this guy's about. <laughs> a lot of my Insta stories and like, it's just me on pool deck, having some fun, just keeping it simple. But from the business point of view, um, I'd say started doing a few shoots and then just worked my way through getting better with the editing side of things. Cause some of the companies I work for, they'll have their own editing, either person or team or marketing. And so I just take the photos and send them off and good to go. Uh, from my point of view, it was just trying to make the content as best I can. You can see the first underwater photo I took with uh, one of the Yoronga guys, Rowan Crothers, who has absolutely, since we've gone underwater has won Paralympic gold medals and it's phenomenal seeing his career progress but yeah a while ago we he was the first person i took underwater and i look back and i haven't deleted the photo because i love going back and looking at it the editing's horrible it, it's all what i think is horrible it there was so much to improve on that i had to work on and it's nice going back and seeing that's again social media is going back and just looking through and just going yep cool i've done a shot and then how can i improve on it how can i work on it so again, from the business, sorry, I keep just wandering off, but from the business point of view, um, I'd, I'd say start at the grassroots and just work your way up. Because if you can get a catalog of photos together that you're proud of, and it doesn't have to be a thousand images, it just needs to be 10 or 20 photos that when people hire you, they look and go, yep, yeah, cool. This is, this is what I can expect. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be world-class every time but at least it's going to be good i'm getting what i'm paying for and i know what i'm getting for for that um from a business point of view i'm probably not the best person to ask because like before we started this conversation i was catching up on some invoicing i was (laughs) i'm one of those people who if there's no time limit it'll just drag on Mm. and i'll get sidetracked with other things and like even just going to the beach, it'll just be something simple where I'll just go, yep, cool. It'll pop up and I'll see an email and just go, yep, cool. And in my head, I'll respond. And then a week later, someone's like, hey, you haven't responded. Do you still want to do the podcast? I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I would. <laughs> so, you're not the worst. Trust me. You're definitely okay. not the worst person that I've been. There's people I've been going on at for months before they've come on. So don't don't worry about that. But we, I like we what you said. Your name's Ross Murdoch. I actually know Ross wasn't one of them, but I think oh. it's probably because I know Ross <laughs> um, and I know his <laughs> coach awesome. even better. Um, Perfect. <laughs> but I think you're completely right in saying that, you know, we live in a very digital age, but you still can forget the importance of word of mouth, you know, especially mm. when it comes to businesses and careers that are creative, you know, you're creating, I mean, photography is an art form, you know, you're creating art for people. It's very subjective. Um, and it's something that people get very, you know, passionate about. So, you know, it's completely natural for someone to say, hey, I saw this photo of you. It looks really great. I'm looking for something similar, you know, and it's important to have those organic, natural connections with the people that you're photographing, because if they like it, they're much more likely to recommend it to others. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I've found with the athletes as well, if, if they know what they're getting and they're comfortable, you, you just get so much more from them. They're just at ease rather than, oh, there's a camera and quite 
not uptight, but just not themselves, not relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I find some of the best photos is just when I'm almost not even there, when they're just doing their thing. And, and especially when I jump in in different training sessions. And once I've photographed normally in a squad environment, a group the first time, then after the warm up, they're all good because the first few laps, they're just like, what is this dude doing? Like he's <laughs> underneath the water. He's got a weight belt on. He's sitting, depends how deep the pool is, two, four meters below us taking different shots. And, but from that point of view, again, they've already seen what I'm doing. So they know it's going to be good. So do you do it with, with a skimmer tank on? No, no. Okay. Diving. Okay. Yep. So just cause you mentioned weight belt, I was like, Oh, are you, are you also diving? But yeah. No, no. So <laughs> voids my insurance. So with ah, mine, it's just okay. all, yeah, yeah. So I can't dive. The housing's rated to, I think 10, 10 meters. So mm-hmm. normally deep enough, there'll be a few dive pools at a five, which is awesome to get some cool shots in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like the Lady Elliot trip, you can get down fairly deep, deep enough. Uh, but no, it'll be weight belt, just me. If they're going a short course set, so a 25 meter set, there's, um, and you'd probably know Michael Bowl. He's got the super squad at the moment down at uh, the Gold Coast. And I remember one set he did, I've called him to see them. And it was just after Swimming Australia had an invitational meet. And so you had kind of everyone from around Australia came to the Gold Coast for a three-day meet. Uh, and it was Good Friday. So public holiday, the pool wasn't open, but they had the bulkhead up. So you had one squad, his squad in, I think it was six lanes, five lanes. You had New South Wales Institute of Sport in five lanes. And then down the other end, you had two more squads and it was just pumping. And it got to the point, and it's the only time I've ever been hit before. And oh, no. I, yeah, one of the boys had pushed off and I thought he was doing a full 25, but he ended up just turning around, doing a, a short turn just at halfway, so 12 and a half, and then just mm. came straight back. And yeah, it's the only time I've been hit. He ran straight to the back of me, but doing backstroke kick and I oh. felt so bad. Oh, that yep. can that, yeah. that must have hurt though. I I was okay. It was just the shock of yeah, yeah. the surprise of it. I was looking Something's... the other way and yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Lachlan Carter, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but you're the only one. <laughs> so you've told us a lot about the photography that you've done, obviously, in Australia and in Brisbane, Queensland specifically. But more recently, you ventured a little bit further afield. So how did you start getting into traveling to taking photos? Yeah, fairly lucky. Like you said, just making those connections and working that way. I, um, I'd spoken to the, I guess, national manager of Speedo and we were chatting and he mentioned that there might be an opening for Commonwealth Games and I needed to get the accreditation and get that side of it all sorted. Uh, so put the feelers out and Speedo needed a photographer and it just worked out that, yeah, the accreditation came through and off I went, popped over to Com Games shot over there for it was the 12 days and then while I was over there I needed or got in contact with Swimming Queensland as well they needed some shots of their athletes so that got a bit busier and then also um, I've done a little bit of work in the past for Diving Australia and their media manager was over there and I chatted with him and yeah just threw it out that if I wanted to take any shots of them so yeah it was good to catch up with those athletes as well so it turned into a busy very busy being my first international comp it was yeah. fantastic it was such a cool experience it must have been really 
almost surreal as well, you know, thinking back to you as a young swimmer and then a coach and all of a sudden you're at the Commonwealth Games, but maybe in a position that you'd never thought that would get you to mm-hmm. the Commonwealth Games, you know, you're there as, you know, the, prote- the professional photographer. Uh, what was it like kind of stepping into that environment in that role? So it was it was really cool from the point of view that, like I've said, I, I go around to some some of the high performance squads and catch up with some of the athletes and people who I've become friends with. Uh, and it's really awesome just seeing. So like I remember being underwater with Michael Bowles squad and Mac Horton had just moved up from Melbourne and he he was doing a set of 2050s and it was just phenomenal to watch him. It was the first time I'd seen him underwater and just kind of, I guess that two meters away, sitting on the bottom of the pool, just watching him just come back and forward. And it was phenomenal. But then and he also, he said to me when he got his medal that my smile was massive, but <laughs> it was from the point of view that I'm sitting in front of these athletes and I get to see them train all the time. And then I get to see them at States. And then if I'm going to nationals, depending on if I've got a contract to shoot that or not, I'll get to see them race, but it was my first international comp. And I'd seen a lot of these guys put in some really big sets, some hard work. And then just to see it pay off like that, it was phenomenal. And even for the guys who didn't win or get any medals, still to be over there representing Australia, it was Mm. phenomenal. It was so cool just being there with them, knowing that they'd put in the hard work, it was paying off for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. And also, you know, I think the role that you fulfill is so important to athletes because you're capturing the biggest moments sometimes of their entire lives. Mm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And from the point of view that I had a certain brief from the people who were paying me essentially, but there was still people who weren't in those briefs that I knew they needed photos as well. And some people were capturing some of them, but I'd known them for a few years doing underwater photography. So I'm not going to just not take photos of them. And yeah, there was some really cool just interactions with them. And it was just really nice being so close to the athletes. And there was the men's uh, four by one relay and Kyle Chalmers was in in that. It was phenomenal, the anchor leg. But if for anyone who knows swimming, it's just thrashing as from a photography point of view with the 100 and the 50 it's quite hard to get unless you're getting the breakout shot right as there the dive off is good um behind the blocks is good then right as they break out probably the first stroke maybe Mm. two you can get something clean and then after Mm -hmm. that there's a fair bit just because they're moving so much water it's quite tough at Mm -hmm. certain points to get a good shot so i literally just leaned on my camera and just watched your kind of five well no, probably 10, 15 meters away from yeah. one of the best races I'd ever seen. And it was fantastic. And like you touched on earlier, from a coaching point of view, I was always the assistant. So my head coach, Rick, he was off to the Olympics, off to Com Games, mm. doing all this cool stuff. And then I was back with the squad and I was still doing cool stuff. It was fun hanging out with all the athletes, but it was with the guys who hadn't made a team or hadn't done anything. So we were always watching the tv and just going oh cool there it is there it is and it was just it was phenomenal being there live it was fantastic yeah I can I can honestly I can't even imagine I remember going to the commies in Glasgow because that was you know my home commonwealth games oh god I'm showing my age now it's like almost 10 years ago now um but yeah that atmosphere there's just nothing that compares you know especially if you're an athlete if you know athletes and you're there supporting them you know I myself I didn't go to the commonwealth but I went to support um and just knowing that you're there with your 
all of the people that you've watched for so long who've who've trained so hard for that moment you know I can imagine how satisfying it is for you not just to watch those moments but also to capture them as well Mm, yeah absolutely and so I'm just doing a bit of a thing on Instagram every Thursday just throwback Thursday and it's so cool just being able to go through because it happens so quick so I'd be getting up at 6 30 have breakfast at 7 uh debrief with some of the other photographers just about what what else was happening with them uh and so that was cool just catching up with some people who I chatted to and again on social media but it was cool to meet them and just work with them for a week as Mm -hmm. well and find out just different ideas that that were going through their head and then different sports so my brief was just swimming uh but then like one of the South African photographers I'm friends with he had literally everything South Africa was doing it was very cool so he'd be sometimes the heats but a lot of the finals as well and so I was there both sessions at the pool and it it just turned into a long day so in bed at probably 2am and then get up and do it again and in no way complaining because it was phenomenal it was just what you had to do I loved every second of it it was amazing yeah I was just gonna say you guys must have had some really really long days because you know, you've got everything starts off, warm up is going to be in the morning, then you've got the heats all day and then finals don't take place till night. And then obviously also the medal ceremonies of you something afterwards, you know, so yeah. that definitely takes its toll. And I'm a big advocate for as much as you love a job, it is still a job, Um, you know, so mm-hmm. even if you're super passionate about it and you're enjoying it, you know, you still have to take care of yourself within it. Um. What was that like for you trying to find the balance or did you just crash when you came home from Birmingham? So I I got home on a flight, landed at 11.30, had a day at home to unpack and then repack at the underwater housing ready and get everything because then the next day flew out to Lady Elliot. So I had a day at home and then it was seven days or six days up at Lady Elliot. So swimming around turtles, Wales it was phenomenal all the manta ray it was magic so it was the jet lag probably didn't really hit me until like after Lady Elliot it was Mm -hmm. I was surprised but I think it was probably one of those instances where you just keep pushing through you know you've got to keep going and then it, it sounds idyllic being on a an island and swimming with some fantastic wildlife on the Great Barrier Reef but again it's still a job my job is there to swim underwater, get some cool images and then edit them. And mm-hmm. so each night after dinner, they've got this beautiful dining hall. And then on my laptop, I'd edit or and then play a slideshow of what we'd taken during the day. Mm-hmm. And so we normally do two swims a day with lunch in between. And then normally some kind of island tour or just something in between. And so some of it was um, like a reef walk and just learning more about the Great Barrier Reef, things like that. And so I'd take some photos of that. And it, it, it gets busy. It gets very busy. So it's yeah. not just hanging out on an island doing nothing. And so I got back from Com Games, then did that, and then straight back into coaching the next day, back up early. And some of those naps, we got back from Lady Elliot the, the, the Monday, and then Tuesday back at work. And I reckon the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday it would have been. And they were some of the best naps I've ever had. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> just to catch up on a little bit of sleep and yeah definitely needed it but again not complaining it was phenomenal and I, also, do. I still pinch myself 
yeah, there's a lot that goes on, you know, behind the scenes that people don't really understand when you talk about photography and you're like, oh yeah, you just take pictures. Well, you know, there's so much more that goes around that when you're doing it as a business, you know, you've got to market, you've got to network, you've got to promote yourself, you're doing invoices and also the editing. And one thing that I've loved seeing recently um, on TikTok, but also on, on Instagram, it's kind of the raw photo versus the edited photo that people have been doing to kind of show how much work goes into almost the post-production of an image um you spoke about a little bit earlier about your early edits and kind of feeling a bit cringy about them um what editing software do you use do you have a particular way that you edit your photos are there some that you need to edit a lot more than others yeah so I own it well not only but just use Lightroom I've tried Photoshop a little bit but it's probably especially from a sporting point of view, uh, the photo you take is normally just what you have. And so I'm not a big fan of deleting things or getting rid of things out of the background to make yeah. it cleaner. It's normally the sports image is what you've captured and that's just what you get. So with a brief, so again, probably for someone like Speedo, it would be looking in the background and just trying to avoid other brands. Yeah. And then because again, what you get is what you get from the image. But then underwater, um, some of the painstaking ones, because I, I'm probably more creative in that point of view, being underwater, I can, it's essentially my image and being a commercial point of view, you can do almost whatever you want with it. But I like to, what I see is what I capture, <laughs> except for the leaves. It is just <laughs> painful when I've jumped in and if I'm going to be on a big shoot and I'm going to be there, I, and most of the pools are really good, but if there's a few leaves, I'll just pop down. I'll pick them up because I know it's just so much more work later if I've got 200 images to go through to then clone out all these leaves. Mm. And so I'll spend 10 minutes, just go down, pick up all the leaves, get rid of anything else that's down there. Mm -hmm. And that way it's nice and clean and I know it's going to look good. But everything's in Lightroom that I do, uh, just manipulating the colors. And because like you said, before and after you start off, like most people you jump into a pool and you just see blue and that's mm -hmm. normally how the image will come out unless it's a really beautiful day um so mike lewis in the states he uses a lot of flash just when he's in deeper water it gives a nice kind of fill and shows the color i'm not a big fan of that underwater i just love and it's probably just from my background in swimming i just love it's almost like you're down there with me it could mm. just be any day obviously not the black and white images that's more a style choice depending on what i'm doing but it's just underwater it's the swimmer whatever the whatever i'm trying to capture but i just take a lot of the blue out of it essentially just so it's more more what i'm seeing but just minus all the blue the distracting blue yeah well Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to sit down and chat with me. This has been, you know, super informative for anyone who wants to start photography or, you know, is an athlete. It's going to be, my mom is going to love this podcast. She is swimming obsessed. So she's. Hi, hi mom. Yeah, she's, she's going to love this. She was probably the, maybe one of the only ones that will be here right till the end. Um, but yeah, I'm sure everyone um, has enjoyed everything that you've had to say. So Wade, thank you so much for coming on and chatting today. Perfect. Thank you very much for having me. If um, yeah, if anyone's got any questions, feel free to message me on Instagram or happy to help where I can. Oh yeah. Any questions? Yeah. All of your links and everything will be in the description box um, alongside this episode. So if you do want to go and check out Wade's work, that's exactly where you can find him. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you for having me.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episodes. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe, and I will catch you guys next week.